Hi, this is Alex. And this is Ellen. And you are listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. Uh, this week is super, well, even middle week, I guess we're doing a bonus episode, so it's not its own week. But this episode is a little bit special for a couple different reasons. First off, we're in the same place, Alex. Oh my god, <laughs> recording in the same space is kind of weird because I'm like <laughs> looking at the entire you instead of you Just through like, like a screen much. on my yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting mm-hmm. that we I can touch you. Ooh. Oh my Just god. Just Um and then it's also exciting because we are talking about the two bonus chapters at the end of whichever version of A Court of Silver Flames uh, that you might have, or in some cases, both. Um, (laughs) What? You Um, own multiple (laughs) copies of this book? I don't know what you're talking about. Never. Um, So it's uh, the two, they're right at the end of whichever version. Um, One is in Azrael's point of view, one is in technically Favor's point of view, but you get some, some Reese time with her obviously, um, from A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. Um, there will be spoilers for probably the whole book, not even probably, for the whole book and for these little snippets. So if you haven't read these snippets and you want to read those, you know, go read them, then come back and find us. You know, if you don't care, then I guess you don't care. I just don't get it. <laughs> Who knows? So, there were two different versions, right? Yes. The first one, um, or the first one that I read, was um, Azriel's point of view. Yes. Um, and that was in the uh, Books a Million version of the, of okay. the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of feelings about <laughs> it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, thank goodness we're going to talk um, about it because... Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh my god, just... Just this is because this is the first time we ever get his point of view, right? And it's just uh, my heart just breaks for him, like how he describes how he can't sleep ever anymore unless he works his body to physical exhaustion, so that he just drops because he just like can't handle. I guess his emotions and like everything. Yeah, he doesn't know how to deal with it in a way that is healthy and doesn't even though he has a huge support system he doesn't use them to his advantage yeah i mean it can be hard right like even i feel like you and i talk about this all the time when we talk about stuff like even though i know you're here for me and you know i'm here for you there's still moments where it's hard to even just take that first step and reach out for it Mm -hmm. um and stuff like that so so true and he's just so lonely However, that does not excuse, I am so frustrated with him, so that, right, so it opens up, and he's um, sitting, it's, so, and this one is interesting, because it takes place sort of in the middle of the storyline of Silver Flames, Mm -hmm. you know, so, right, like, so it takes place, they've had their solstice, and then in this, in this meat of the story, right, the Nesta and Cassian part of it, they go off, they have sex. Their mating bond clicks into place, mm-hmm. even though someone doesn't cough, cough, acknowledge it. Uh, doesn't acknowledge it right away. Um, and so we get that whole part of it, right? And then right. it goes off and finishes their story. So this one takes place after they've gone off to, you know, have sex. Everybody else has gone to bed. Also, maybe having who knows? It's they're probably all drunk, um, <laughs> except for Feyre, who can't be drunk, um, and. So it starts with him sitting in their living room, basically, and he's having all these feelings about how he can't sleep and um, how much he wants to be with Elaine, which felt a little out of, not even just in this instance, but like, tell me, in the book itself, did it feel out of left field to you? Because like for me, in Frost and Starlight, Mm -hmm. when we get their little interactions, to me, it seemed more big brother, little sistery, And then all of a sudden, in this one, it's like, ooh, 
I hope they don't feel like big brother and little sister because there's a lot more Yeah, going well, it's on. so crazy because all of a sudden you find out that he's been avoiding family dinners and because they've been doing a lot of, like, hands touching as they cross paths and they both seem to have, like, forbidden feelings for each other and right. they're like... If I hadn't read this chapter, I would have been absolutely clueless <laughs> right. because that's not what I thought was going on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just... Um, yeah, so she comes back downstairs, right? She got him a present that she didn't feel comfortable giving him in front of everybody, but especially in front of um, Lucian and Nesta, mm-hmm. I think, are the two. Yeah. Um, Lucian, of course, because... She didn't get him anything, and he's her mate, and right. pisses me off so much how she treats him. I oh know. God, like, I could just get on a whole go. So get on it. <laughs> get on that soapbox. Oh I want to hear God. it. Go. Um, just that, like the one of the reasons we're giving her her excuse of like treating Lucian the way she is mm-hmm. is because she was supposed to marry a human, and she's still pining for him and her humanity, mm-hmm. and can't get over that. Well. You can't then use that as an excuse to view one female that way. Correct. And then another female, you're like, all right, I'm good with the this. Only, Let's jump on yeah, board. The only, I totally agree. The only difference that I can see that could plausibly do that is that Lucian was complicit in the act that turned her into Faye, right? Like, it wasn't his idea. He tried to stop it to mm-hmm. some extent. We, of course, don't know exactly what extent he tried to yeah. stop it. Um, yeah, but, like, how long has it been that she's been giving him the silent treatment? Like, well, <laughs> oh, two, like, at least a full year, because we right, have at least two, two solstices. solstices. Sisses. That's, we can speak, apparently. I'm, Ellen's like, solstices, sisses, his. Um, yeah, but, like, yeah, that's the only, I don't, I don't think that's the good enough reason for it, because he has very clearly won switch sides, and I think has tried to make amends for it. Um, mm-hmm. and at the very least, I think that would buy him a conversation. Like, right. it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he deserves her love or anything well, like, like that. At but least like, be civil. Yeah. Or even just like, let's have a discussion. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I'm feeling. You can tell me what I'm, what you're feeling. <laughs> and then we can move on. Or not, or you know, decide yeah. how to move forward. Even yeah. Um, so I think that's a step past being civil to each other and actually speaking to him. True. Um, True. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. It just so like that, and then of course, she points out. So she gets him earplugs, which I think is the cutest thing in the I whole know. world. Her gifts for him are. I know his headache remedy from yeah. The previous year. And then his earplugs. And then I like that she recognized that Nesta would be beyond mortified if (laughs) she gave that to him in front of everybody. Um, And, like, that was really cute. And then he gets her this beautiful necklace. And that's really cute. And then he... She pulls the very clever trick of, will you put it on me? (laughs) (laughs) And so he does. And things get a little steamy. And then right before they kiss, Reese is like, Azrael. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also have this new like idea in my head that especially since Reese and Faber became parents, but it also felt this way before that they were already like the parents of the group and like, oh my God, I like, can totally see that. All of the other ones are like their children and like maybe Amran is like, the aunt, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like more and Cassian and Azrael were just their kids. Like, <laughs> and then like I especially felt that way, right? Oh when when Reese shows up at the top of the stairs and talks to his mind and is like, Azrael, my office, yeah, now exactly. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then he takes him into his office and he basically forbids him from doing this for very good reason, right? Mm. Um, now tell me, I have seen on like book talk and like other places 
people are really mad at Reese for him doing this to Azriel, and mm. they're they're, or I should say they're the um, reason that I see the most is that he wouldn't like he was allowed to pursue Feyre no matter what, but he's not letting Azriel do that. Um, and my thoughts on it are, well, first of all, Feyre was his mate, so that's a little bit different. And then second of all, he was going to let her marry Tamlin if she was truly happy, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't love that Azriel feels like he deserves Elaine. I know. When Reese said that, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what? Yeah. So, like, what are your, what are your, because it seems, and the thing is, is that Reese or Azriel is not Elaine's mate. And even if she chooses not to be with Lucian, that could, as <laughs> Reese points out, could cause a lot of troubles. Yeah, so like, well, what that's, are your thoughts that's on the it? thing is the repercussions or the known, okay, the known repercussions are so much greater. Like, yes, Highburn was actually a repercussion <laughs> of. Uh, but he was coming. Feyre, he was coming anyway. But they, was, yeah, they yeah. didn't. That wasn't even on their radar as something that could be associated with Reese and Feyre right. getting together. It was more so, okay, bad relationship with the Spring Court. Like that could be a problem. Yeah, uh, but they already had a kind of bad also, relationship anyway. They're also mates, so very different. Story. Right, right. Whereas here, not only would it rip apart the Night Court in terms of everyone's relationships with each other, right? Um, More importantly, well, I don't know if it's more importantly, but there are broader repercussions in the world that is currently being created and the very fragile piece that is kind of maybe almost existing would be torn to shreds. Lucian would have the right to a blood duel. Asriel would kill him. Right. It right. would just be, like, it wouldn't just be, oh, a relationship with one court is, you know, damaged or severed or whatever. It could be... Which was already severed at the that right. it, at that point in the story. It's yeah. not like they it had could, a piece anyway. It could anyways. lead to war again. Yeah. And they just got out of one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not just. I don't. I still don't understand quite the Yeah, it could lead to war again. <laughs> it could lead to, like, permanent fractures in their family yeah. of the Night Court. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, Lucian, but... Not Lucian. Sorry, Astral. I was like, wait, oh, what? Uh, what's happening? <laughs> um, I, I agree with Reese. Yeah. Um, but then also at the same time, then all of a sudden... You're like, well, are his feelings for Elaine actually real, or is he just lonely, and she's available? Well, versus well, she... not available, <laughs> but like she's, she's there. there, right? Versus like all of a sudden, then you have this little interaction with Gwen, and to me, those like l- there's like a little couple of things that I'm like, oh that already seems more legitimate to me Mm. than... Yeah. So I think that with Elaine, at least, it's not just that it's... I think it's certainly a huge chunk of it is lonely and that she's there, Mm -hmm. right? But I also think that there is certainly some actual feeling there, right? But whether it's big, epic love or a little love or mostly lust right like those are they're yeah. all valid feelings mm-hmm. um but it doesn't they're maybe not justified feelings yeah you know mm-hmm. um but yeah so then so then right so he <laughs> basically gets kicked out of the house <laughs> and he goes up to the house of wind and he's gonna exercise but then he sees that Gwyn is there mm-hmm. and there's that really funny part where he his shadows don't warn him that she's there. Right. So then he can't bank and turn away without looking like he's running away yes. from her. He's like, oh, damn it. How do I really <laughs> interact with her? And what's my excuse at two in the morning of being here? I oh, I forgot my favorite dagger. dagger. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So that was really cute. Uh, one thing that I noticed. 
So this is the second time that we've read through these because we had to refresh ourselves a little bit. And the first time I read it, I thought it was really important that um, when he's talking to Elaine, his shadows disappear. And then when he's talking to Gwyn, they're like really interested. And at first I was like, oh, his shadows like hate Elaine. And, And then the second time I read through it, I think what I came to realize, I think it's not that they hate her. I think that they are trying to hide themselves because he doesn't feel worthy of Elaine and that he, and that he, um, is, they're trying to like draw themselves back. Oh, similar to how, like when he's touching her, he's like, oh my God, like I, with my burned hands, I can't touch this. Exactly. Like Christine's skin because like, there's so exactly. many, like, I'm just too terrible for her. Yeah. Like, she's too good for me. Right. So I don't think it's, I don't think that, the, that they don't like her. I think it's that it's part, it's his extension of I'm not good enough. She's too, oh, she's too high on this pedestal for me. When they're, like, super curious and almost, Yeah, like, because I think like he's pet-like, kind of. Yeah, because they, because he saw the darkness that she's went through not maybe all of it but he knows at least part of it right because he was the one who found her Mm -hmm. um so i think even though he knows that elaine has gone through stuff i think he feels a little bit more on even footing with gwen very interesting because for me i noticed the differences in the shadows yeah but i thought it was more like oh they had specific reactions to these two women and that's different than how they react to like everyone else right so like what is what does that mean like one it seemed to me more like they kind of just calmed down and went away when elaine was there like mm-hmm. elaine had a calming presence on the sure show. i could see that too um versus gwen they like were more active <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, well, what does that, what does that mean? What does that say? I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because I'm definitely not like an Elaine Azriel shipper. Yeah, me neither. Um, but like, I'd be open to them hanging out if it didn't mean the end of the world. Because <laughs> it does. And actually, it was really funny because even in that part where they're like, getting a little steamy they're about to kiss I'm like okay I'm here for it and then you find out all of these things that could happen and then I'm like no don't (laughs) I'm like don't even look at each other don't think about each other like (laughs) I know it's crazy because initially you're like oh okay maybe like I totally was opposed to this because hello Lucian like we love Lucian yeah um but then you're you I get so caught up in it and I'm like oh yeah okay maybe they are meant to be together maybe maybe it is supposed to be the bat boys and the Archeron sisters like I could get behind this and then and then it's like a slap in the face when (laughs) and then you're like Reese calls him everyone's gonna be murdered and it's gonna be war and you're like Oh shit! <laughs> you're like you're like oh no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be different if like one if they were mates, or two if they were very deeply in love with each other already. To, right. For them to like risk something like that. Yeah. But there's just the possibility of a budding relationship at this right. point that can be. Yeah. You know. That's why I feel like it's different too. For the for the people who seem to have an interest in in interest, what problem is what I meant oh, to say? Okay, um, that's so weird. Um, that's how I feel about people who also have a problem with um, racist behavior because it's like it's true. It's not like it's an established thing. It's like. You know, and and it's not that Reese doesn't want Azriel to be happy. Like, of course he wants Azriel mm-hmm. to be happy, but he knows that that's not the path to happiness for Azriel. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I, I think that if he thought that there was a way that he could be happy, he would work with him to figure out how they could make it happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I like I feel like if he thought that there was any viable chance. That it could be 
an okay situation in the end, then he would help him. But I don't see it that ending well at all. Right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So true. So... Yeah, so he and Gwen interact. Yeah, they have a cute little training session. Yeah. And Gwen says that funny thing about blaming Cassian for the little twist that her arm does because he's supposed to be training them, but of course he's just mooning over Nesta the whole right. time. Oh my god, so adorable. Um, but then she asks him if he sings. I know. And I was so the first time I read that, I was like, "What? That's so out of the blue! Like, why would she ask him that? I never would have put two and two together of shadow. He's called. He is a shadow singer." Or a shadow singer. Yeah, yeah, so then does he sing? Like, that didn't even cross my mind. Right. And you can tell it's something important to him because he was like, no one's ever asked me that yeah. before. And, and then he says yes. he does. I know. And now I'm like, what does he sound like when he sings? <laughs> and like, and what is that, and what does music mean to him? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Does, does he she's, sing like a whale? Like is he over there like magical? See, I'm a beautiful singer. Uh, Can't you t- <laughs> why did you think of singing like a whale? <laughs> well, I was just trying to because was... no, he's gonna be a beautiful singer. I mean, like in a be- I don't know. It was a thing that crossed my mind. Like maybe he doesn't sing to the shadows, like in a way that we think of singing. So then I was trying to think of like other ways that he could sing and then <laughs> you got whale <laughs> so whale songs whale songs were the first thing that I uh, in my mind. <laughs> come huh. on Alex follow okay. along <sighs> it was a very logical progression through my mind Ooh, so okay I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> stop <laughs> looking at me like that <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so that's really cute because we know singing is important to her. You know, she loves to sing at the um, when they have their the services. services. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I couldn't think of the right word. Yeah. So um, I'm just very excited for that. And then, so then after that, right? She leaves. He goes to bed, and then <laughs> they he goes off to have his snowball. Battle, as he likes oh to refer God. to it. That's so freaking funny that they've been strategizing all year, all year, for and that this. Cassian's been bragging been about his like, top secret strategy. Oh um, my God, they're too I just, ridiculous. I just love that Cass is just an overgrown like five year old, um, <laughs> and that Azrael just lets him. Yeah, but then he's also like a secretly overgrown. I'd say Azriel's like an overgrown like seven or eight year old. Like he's like a little bit more mature than Cassian. But not by but much. not by much. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then Reese is like an overgrown like eleven or twelve year old. Like he's a little bit farther, but like also like when he gets into it, like I can totally picture him just regressing into like a preteen boy. Oh my god. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. So and then he doesn't win the Yeah. The um but we know that the snowball battle. But we know that he has um, uh, won the majority of them. Yes, he's, you know he's generally the winner, which of course makes sense, right? If he's got shadows and you know all of that stuff. But like, no magic can't... is allowed. I know, but like I imagine that probably if he can't, like if they seem to. So before we got this point of view of him, I was never sure if he like controlled the shadows or if they sort of had a mind of their own and it seems like they have a mind of their a own. mind of their own mm-hmm. so like so like he can't use his siphons but he, but like the if, shadows are still there and if they just so happen to tell him <laughs> right if the shadows happen critical vital information to his um impending victory yeah, then, then oops yeah <laughs> That's so. That's what I sort of picture it more as. Gotcha. Like, okay. He doesn't send them out, but if they happen to go wandering over to Cassian or Reese and and then report back, then no, oh, then so be it. Right. <laughs> so, um, plus we know that he's very astute, right? Because in Silver Flames, the part where he and Cassian are sparring, and he and they're so evenly matched, but then he figures out that he 
pretend something's happening with Nesta, Cassian will get thrown off. Yeah. So, like, we also, so even on top of that, even if he's well, not Well, I mean, he's a spy master. Exactly. So he has to have that ability even without his shadows. Exactly. So, like, even if he doesn't have his shadows, he, he has a whole arsenal of stuff that is very helpful mm-hmm. in those situations. Um, and then he goes to visit Gwen at the library. And re-get... <sighs> so, it's interesting. So, the first time I read it, I was super mad that he re-gifted the necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time I read it, I did see it a little bit less as... Because at first I read it as, like, he's now romantically interested in Gwen, and he's giving it as a romantic gift. Oh, I didn't see that at all. Oh, interesting. So, But this time, when I read through it, I saw it more as... He has something beautiful that he wants to give to someone. And I saw it especially because he was so adamant about her getting it, no matter who Clotho told her it was from. Right? Like, he was like, I don't care. Like, tell her Reese gave it to her. Tell her it was, you know, from a... He's like, I don't care who you... Like, yeah, just make sure it gets to her. Yeah, problem because Elaine is going to see it and right. shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. But, like, how big of shit? Like, I think the thing is, we haven't seen how big of a shit fest Elaine can throw. That's true. So, like, part of me is, like, Elaine will just be like, oh, that was supposed to be mine, and then is sad about it. Well, or, I see it more, she says something like that, and it hurts Gwen, because Gwen, like, is now, has romantic feelings for Asriel, and... Or does she? Like, the thing is, is, like, or is she, like... That's the thing, right? Like, how much are we reading into this? How much, yeah. like, are they going to just be friends? Are they going to be romantic? Yeah, because I didn't, Romantics. I didn't I that see means. this as, like, a, a romantic interest. Like, I saw, like, inklings of him, like, starting to care for her mm-hmm. more than he wants to. But also, like, at the end of this, it's like he buries that within him. Mm-hmm. He's, like, not allowing himself to feel this, which to me is, like, a, a bat signal of, like, boop, 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 like, what? Boop, boop, <laughs> yeah. boop. Okay. That's what the bat signal sounds like. Batman is now ready to go. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Batman! <laughs> um, but it's, like, spidey senses tingling. Do they also go boop, boop, boop? No, that's different. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That, like, that has greater meaning. Like, why is he hiding it from himself? Like, oh, my God, is there something mate-related? Or just, like, what's happening here, Mm. right? So neither of them are, I don't think, anywhere near the, like, I have feelings for you or even, like, I'm interested in you stage. But, like, I think, like, subconsciously some things are happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I'm mostly just mad at him for re-gifting it. Because while there's good intention behind it, it's also, like, it was meant for someone else. Like, you initially, you got this gift with someone else in mind, and now you're just mad and upset and you don't want to return it. Well, that's, I don't think that's it either, though, because it says right at the end, right? Like, he had had it in his pocket all day with the intent that he was going to return it. And then he had this thought that the teal of Gwen's eyes would look really good with mm. the colors in the flower. Oh. And so like I don't think it's I don't think it's entirely I didn't want to return it. I didn't want to take the time. Like I think there's a little bit more interesting to okay. it. I'm not saying it's okay. Cause like you can regift things, but like maybe one, not so close together. <laughs> or two, with people who might see each other without at least telling them that it's a re-gift like here's this gift it was gifted to me at one point yeah but that's something that's different than a gift being gifted to me and then I'm giving it to someone else versus him giving a gift it being returned to him (laughs) and then he giving well it wasn't even and the thing is it wasn't even returned they got like interrupted and like then he like she felt uncomfortable right like she would have kept it but then with Reese standing at the top of the stairs, I'm sure Elaine was like, eh, here you go, right? So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm not saying it's okay. But I, I do understand it a little bit more than the first time I read it is really what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. Okay. So, anything else about the Azrael chapter? I think we covered everything yeah. that I wanted to I'm discuss. very excited to see 
where this will go. I know, I know, I know. So, then the other chapter is in the Barnes and Noble version of the book, mm-hmm. and it is Feyre. I mean, it's her point of view, but it's her yes. and Reese. Mm-hmm. And whereas the Azriel chapter is a little bit more setting things up for the future, mm-hmm. uh, the Feyre and Reese chapter is a little bit more. Just checking in with them, like right, because we because we had four books with, well, three and a quarter four books four. with her point of view and a good amount of Reese. So I really appreciated that because I of course missed me too missed them. Um, and this one takes place also during the book. Um, it takes place after they've told everybody that yes they're having a baby, and. She's returning from talking to Nesta privately, mm-hmm. and Reese is, Reese is like <laughs> exhausted <laughs> in his office, hiding and, from Cassie. Yes, and Israel. yes. The description is like he needed a, a rest from their exuberances. Yeah, like their elation yeah. over and like excitement and because <laughs> just, just, yeah. they're because they're giant children. Yep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um... And mostly it's just a cute little, like, they're checking in with each other. Um, Feyre mentions to him, like, that Cassian mentioned to her that Reese had been moody. And she's like, why are you moody? And she asks him multiple times. And, of course, we know he's moody because he knows that she's going to die and he's not fucking telling her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love Reese. Most often I feel like he can do no wrong, but that was a big wrong. That yes. was a big no-no um, uh-huh. that he did. Um, which also is reassuring, right? Because it's it's nice to have <laughs> realistic. Well, okay, they're not even close to realistic. More so try again. More slightly <laughs> realistic, you know, characters. And of course, he doesn't do everything perfectly. But mm-hmm. that's what makes them so interesting is that none of them are perfect, and sometimes they make the wrong decisions. But that was a big wrong decision on mm-hmm. on his part. Um, so we all know why he's moody and like, I do love the fact that she's like, well, he'll tell me when he's ready. And I do Mm -hmm. love that aspect of their relationship that they don't push each other to talk before they're ready. Mm -hmm. Except for, (laughs) except for in this instance where he's wrong. (laughs) Except for in this instance where her life is, Mm -hmm. is, is forfeit basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they have no hope at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and in light of their dumbass bargain, freaking, <laughs> that I had, I, I know I mentioned this when we talked about the book itself too, yeah. but I had completely forgotten that it was like a bargain bargain. Like I remembered that they had, and like in my head it was just like a, like a, like a fake profession, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll never spend a day here without you. I agree. Right? Like. Not that it was a bargain that was inked yeah. and that they're both going to die when the other person dies. I know. Like, and it just is so dumb. <sighs> For many reasons, but especially mm-hmm. in light of what we see happen, right? When she... Right, like, oh, okay, so she's going to die. And a child's going to die. And oh, Reese is going to die. die. Oh, right. no big deal. It's fine. <laughs> it's really fine. Oh, my gosh. So, um... Yeah. So, it's really cute. We get the cute little scene of when they found out she was pregnant. Oh my gosh. I thought that was so cute how they found out. It's like she didn't even know. Right. He found out first. Yeah, because she was so like into her painting that she didn't even realize that Mm -hmm. she felt different or smelled different or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I love the fact that when he found out, he like walked through the door and fell to his knees and he was babbling. Right? Because I love the idea of Reese, who's always so eloquent and always so, like, put together. Mm-hmm. Him just being like, whoa, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just love the fact that he just lost it. Like, I think that's just adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, they're both just, like, crying and... Having sex. Because <laughs> why not? It's, it's Reese and Pharaoh. Of course they're going to. Um, but I... Um, you know this about me, that I love names. So, and then the good rest of the, the chunk is them having a little discussion about yeah what they're going to name the baby. And, mm-hmm. of course, me, I was like, oh, yes, what are we going to do? Um, right? And so he suggests that they 
uh, or he gives the option of naming him after her father, which I thought was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I liked that she was like, maybe it's like a middle name, but I want our son to have his own mm-hmm. name. Um, <laughs> and then they tease of Reese's last name being ridiculous. Right. Right? But we don't know what it is. Exactly. There's a fan theory that his last name is actually Darling. And so every time he says, like, hello, Feyre Darling. Oh, my God. Like, when he shows up at the wedding, right? And he's like, hello, Feyre, right? That he's, like, hinting at the fact that they're mates. Because he knows they're mates, right, at that point in time. Um, so I don't think that's actually what it is, but mm-hmm. I like, I like the idea that he's been teasing her all along. Um, cause there's even a point where she's like, she remembers when he told her and the fact that she just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I like the idea that he would tell her like, oh yeah, my last name is Darling. And mm-hmm. she would get it and then just crack up about it. Um, but that part drives me crazy. That we don't, we don't know, know what it is. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and then they pick Nyx mm-hmm. as the baby name, which I think is adorable. Yeah. And, and didn't you, because they say in this story that it's based on a goddess's name, but isn't it actually, weren't you saying that it's also... She was the Greek goddess yeah. of of night, mm-hmm. so... Which works so well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I liked that their chapter was... You get a little bit more information about stuff, mm-hmm. but I just liked that it was just checking in and, cause you know me, I love just I just read about boring stuff with characters I love. Right. If I just get to spend more time with them. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I loved. Um, it was like maybe two sentences, but it just hit me. This description that Farah has of how she sees Reese as a father. Yeah. And how. They would just be curled up together on the couch reading books together and Mm -hmm. how he would be so good and would, you know, just like tossing the boy. I could just see it Mm -hmm. like instantly. Um, Yeah. Also, that poor kid is never going to be able to get away with anything between its parents who can read minds and then all of its aunts and uncles like that poor kid. He's never going to be able to do anything. That's very true. <laughs> like the whole part where Reese is, because because more doesn't know yet, mm-hmm. and I love their little plan. They're like, we'll let we'll let him tell her, right? We'll drop the shield. We'll see how long it takes for her to mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Um. And then he's like, but also you're never gonna leave the house without an escort. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like be prepared for her mama bear to just come out. Yeah. Full force. And I'm like, she's gonna be the best aunt. Like she's just gonna be like the fun. You can go to her for anything, like, second mm-hmm. mom kind of aunt, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also interested in... Wow, that was not a real word. I'm also interested to see Nesta as an aunt. Because we see the glimpse of it, right, when she first finds out. And she immediately has this moment where she's like... Like, she almost thinks, like, this is how I can start, like, actually showing up for mm-hmm. for Feyre and for my family and... And I think Feyre did a really good thing in pulling her aside and letting her know first mm-hmm. and alone that it was a boy, right? Like, I think she, that was very strategic and well done for mm-hmm. Nesta to be able to know that first. Yeah. Um, so I hope we get to see glimpses of, because I think, I think es- Esta, oh my God, Nesta will be an interesting auntie. Mm-hmm. She's also the scary aunt, like... Oh my god, for sure. Like, protective, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't mess with my nephew. <laughs> I don't know what she's gonna do, but it's not gonna be pretty. Right. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, so, my last note about recent favorite chapter is just, what is Reese's last name? Yeah, right? You're just... Those instances where you almost get the information I know. that you need. That's even then... worse. That's even... Yeah. That's even worse than just not getting it. Like, the walking you right up to it and then being like, Mm -hmm, Exactly. (sighs) Like, in the middle of a sentence, and then something interrupts the conversation, and then you never find out what Uh it is. (sighs) I know. There are a couple instances in this series specifically where that happens, and I'm like, Yeah, because I was trying to think about... So we know that 
Baron's last name is Vansera, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the only Faye family last name that we know, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, you know me, I like names. I want to know, like, what's Reese's last name? What's Helian's last name? What's Tarquin's last name? What's Tam? Like, I want to know. I want, how do I address you? I just can't be, like, it's not like, like, in Frozen, where they're riding together, and he's like, you hardly even know, like, um, Kristoff's like, you hardly even know him. Like, what's his last name? And she's like, of the Southern Isles, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) like, oh, that's very true. Clearly the family, it's not just going to be one family that has a last name, you know, or two families, because we've. Reese has a last name. Mm-hmm. I've just been calling him Archeron because I don't have a different last name. So Oh, interesting. He's, well, because, well, why not? <laughs> Very cool. Um, so one thing that we haven't discussed yet about this chapter is what they think about Elaine. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, Elaine kind of blew up. Rightfully, and, I think. Yeah, and Reese was like, you know, I don't think she's really living, like, her true self. Yeah. Like, she's living up to people's expectations, yeah. and that's stifling, like, her true personality. Yeah, and I and like I that he's... Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I like that he did clarify, right? Because is like, oh, you think I've been stifling her? And he's like, no, it's not exactly what I mean. But he's like, but I think people think she's kind and expect her to do one thing so that she now feels like if she doesn't do only that and she's disappointing the people around her. Mm-hmm. And I did also like the part where <laughs> he, she was like, um, you're sounding dangerously close to what Nesta said about careful, you might start being interesting. And he's like, well, Nesta isn't, mm-hmm. is, is right sometimes. <laughs> right? Yeah, because I don't really like Elaine. Like, she's just such a blah character. And even here, they describe her like oh she's a pleasant companion yeah oh like if i said that someone said that to me i would be pissed yeah right, right? yeah when favor has that moment um mm-hmm. and i think and i i agree like i don't i don't love elaine but we keep getting glimpses of probably the true elaine right and and like we get the glimpse in akawar when she stabs the king of highburn and like we get that glimpse in Silver Flames where she finally blows up at Nesta. And yes, she was pointing at Nesta, but like she makes it that very valid point that Feyre and Nesta are so wrapped up in what what happened to her did to them that they're not thinking about what it did to her. Yeah. Which I think is, is not even just like a specific them issue, right? Like it's so easy to be wrapped up in your own pain to not consider other people's pain mm-hmm. right um that's very true yeah and then her like little bit of humor with asriel yeah. yeah and so like we keep getting glimpses of her that is more interesting and like i did i did like that um what pharaoh was like so do you think she's boring and reese was like no but i think she's kind and that sort of this the side effect of being somebody who's that kind is that you don't do anything to put you at odds with anybody, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just very accommodating and you're very... And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, it's fantastic to be kind. And it's... I try really hard, personally, to be a very kind person and Mm -hmm. and all of that. So, um, but... I admit, I call myself boring all the time. (laughs) When I talk to people, oh, I'm pretty boring, you know, um, and it's true, right? Because especially in the concept of a book, what's more interesting stuff is the conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're never, con- if you're never creating conflict, then yeah, you're kind of boring, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I did like that he was very careful to say, well, no, I don't think she's boring, but I think she could be perceived as boring mm-hmm. because of how she is. Yeah. But I'm excited to learn more about her and 
Azriel and Gwyn and mm-hmm. Moore and Lucian. I literally, literally just keep it coming with any and all I've, of them. As I've and said I many times, them. right? Like I feel like you could write a story about Citizen Number Four from the Autumn Court, and I'd be like, "Great, let's do it!" Like I've never met this person before. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I agree with that. Especially if it just offered me a glimpse into their world mm-hmm. yet again. I agree. Anything else you want to say? Uh, I wanted to talk about the TV show. <gasps> the TV show! I know. Yes. So it's going to be on Hulu, I think. It'll be on right? Hulu. It's being written by Sarah J. Mass mm-hmm. and then Ron something. Ron? I don't know. I just know it's someone who it's the, on It's the guy who wrote, who writes the Outlander TV show, which is a very good TV show. So I'm more hopeful yeah. than in the past. Um, yeah, I was really concerned as soon as I saw that. I was like, oh my God, there's no way that the, the TV show is going to be able to live up to the, the book I mean, series. But then I saw, oh, okay, Outlander, I think, did a superb job. Yeah. Granted, I haven't finished the books or the TV series. <laughs> right. But what I've read and seen of both of them, yeah. I think they're both fantastic. Yeah. So that's giving me a little bit of hope. Right. I think the big thing that we'll have to remember is, and by we, I mean, mostly I mean me, but everybody, right? That, like, no one is going to look like how we picture them in the books, right? Like... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> These unrealistic expectations like, that are created. How are yeah. we supposed to find actors to because, look like them? Cause, yeah. Because guess what? We are all human. None of us are immortal fae beings, right? So, like, we can get close. We can do our best. More than anything, yes, of course I'd like them to look like how I've pictured them in my head. But more than anything, I just want them to be good actors who can do justice to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and if I say that enough, then maybe I'll believe it by the time the TV show comes out. Right. <laughs> or at least by the time they announce who the yeah, cast is. Yeah, that and like, I don't know how I'm going to do if they cast them as young characters. Right. Like they might supposed like I are they supposed to be I don't know well I don't know what age range they're supposed to be in but right. I don't picture I picture them all late in like 20s, 20s early 30s, 30s right yeah but if they cast them as the young 20s like maybe that's what they're supposed and to that's look the like thing, I don't know how and the thing is is like Feyre is 18 19 right. and 20 in these books right so like yeah. or 19 20 and 21 but like either way she's She's young, right? And she's supposed to be young. But, of course, she goes through so much that you can't help but to picture her older Mm -hmm. because there's so much shit going on, right? And so, like, um, but, yeah, with the other ones, I, I, um, like the Fae, I don't picture them looking young. But, of course, they probably do because they're immortal and they get to young adulthood and they probably look like that for thousands of years right mm-hmm. so um it's a little bit like oh right um yeah so I'm very intrigued I'm for sure gonna watch it like don't get me wrong I don't know I <laughs> oh. I think I'll have to see people's reactions. Interesting. Because I don't know that I, like, if it's not good, like, I don't want to ruin my perception of this series and these characters. That's really interesting. I hear people say that a lot, and I have never watched something where I've read the book first and had it, like, um no matter how good and or bad it was, mm. ruin what I saw in my head of what the characters look like. Um, and especially, so, the and in other instances, I've been able to create what I picture even after. So, like, the Mortal Instruments, right? Mm-hmm. I saw the disaster that is the movie <laughs> before I ever read the books. But I enjoyed the movie enough that I was like, now I want to read the books. And of course, after reading the books, I'm like, oh, that movie was a disaster. But like, as a standalone, it was good enough that I was like, oh, I want to read what mm. this this movie was based on. But I was still able to create my own ideas of what the characters looked like. So 
it's really interesting when people say that to me because I totally understand like what they're saying. But also to me, I'm like, but you don't have that issue. I don't have that issue. So partially I'm like, well, then just don't let it happen that way. Which of course I know is ridiculous, but like I, I have that moment where I'm like, well, then just don't let it ruin it. Which I know is easier said than done. Exactly. Um, but that's why I always, not always, but most often end up watching the movie or the TV show anyway is because mm. I think I can do a pretty good job of, if they're close, that's great. That's perfect. Like, mm-hmm. that's of course the ideal, right? Right. But if they're not close, then I, I can do a pretty good job of pretending that they are two different pieces of art that, because even when they're not, they don't follow the book, it is art in its own way, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think I can do a pretty good job of, they just happen to be two storylines that are relatively similar with characters that have the same names, mm-hmm. but they're different, you know? Okay. Yeah, I have a hard time doing that. And many people do. And I, I just have to remind myself of that sometimes, mm-hmm. is that that's probably more common. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Well, do we, is there any timeline on the TV show? No, because they weren't even, it wasn't even supposed to be announced. So the thing happened. Oh, it was accidental. Right. Because she had been writing on a notepad and then her husband, Josh, posted a picture of the like, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich that he made for himself and didn't check the picture before he posted it. And right in the corner was most of the heading of her notepad that was like Akatar TV show. And then she had to be like, well, this wasn't supposed to... It's like, it wasn't even supposed to be announced yet. And uh, so... So um, it's going to be years and years. They don't even have a cast. Like, they're still writing the first episode. Like, it'll be at least two years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll move faster, but I don't imagine. Especially with how much CGI and stuff they're going to have to use for it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but... Ugh. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and excited, yeah. which I think was hot, is a description of anything that comes f- from her, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. New book. Oh, this is going to... Oh, God. I don't know. It's going to be... Ah. <laughs> like, she renounces a new book. Yes, this is the best day of my life. And then you're like, but what's going to happen? And what is she going to do to my characters? And what is going to happen? And like... <laughs> yeah. Like, how is she going to rip my heart out? Exactly. So, um, yeah. I guess... We'll just have to wait and see and mm-hmm. hope for the best. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on social media. We are at um, UPM Pod Official on Twitter. On Instagram, we are Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And then, of course, you can always email us, send us your fan casts, let us know what you think about the TV show, how you feel about whatever really send us book recommendations you know whatever you want to do really (laughs) at uniquely portable magic podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you later this week bye